of Christ. That's how we begin to put off the old man. In verse 24 he says, And that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. So we put on, we make a conscious choice to be the new me. Because otherwise I'll just stay the old me. I'll be a saved old me. I'll be a miserable old me. I'll be an old me who's not experiencing all that God has because I'm not walking in all that God has for me. I must make that choice. Change what I do, how I think, where I go. Does that mean that, that those works save me? No, I'm saved by grace. Those works enable me to experience everything that God intends me to experience in this world, the abundant life. Do you have the abundant life? Are you experiencing the abundant life? Can you say, I wake up every day excited to live this day. Can you say, man, I'm so stoked the way my life is and the things that are happening in my life. Because that's the life Jesus promised you. If that's not your experience every morning, then you're still walking in the old man. And you need to get it off and walk in anew. Put off the old man, put on the new. Take off the old man, put on the new. Well, that's great, Jackie. How in the world am I supposed to put on a new man? I'm glad you asked that question. Because the scripture goes, remember I said he's going to tell us to put off something, to put on something, and then what? Put away. You want to know how to put on the new man? Here it is, brother. He's going to lay it out for you. You want to put it on? Verse 25. Therefore, putting away lying. Do you know how much we lie? You know, the funny thing is, we lie so much, we excuse it like it's okay. Do you know how God feels about lying? Proverbs chapter 6. The Lord says, six things I hate. Yea, seven are an abomination. Guess what's in the group? A lying tongue. A lying tongue. He says, put away lying. And everything he tells us to put away, he's going to tell us to put something else on. Put away lying. Put on the truth. Stop making excuses for yourself. Listen, Revelation chapter 22, don't think it's a joke. It says in Revelation 22 verse 15, Outside are dogs and sorcerers and the sexually immoral, murderers, idolaters, and whoever loves and practices a lie. That's the lake of fire he's talking about. People are often fond about throwing out that word, abomination, abomination. You know, this behavior is an abomination. That behavior is an abomination. They never throw out the one that points to them. Lying is an abomination to God. It's not okay. Yeah, but Jackie, what? Just the other day, my wife did this. She said to me, how do I look in this? And <clears throat> that's a trap. <laughs> if I tell the truth, it's over for me. <laughs> I heard, I heard a great thing. 
And, and I, I'll, I really need to employ it more. But this particular individual shared whenever his wife does that, she's looking in the mirror, she's not really happy about what she sees. He walk over to her and take her hand and say, Honey, let me be your mirror. Because I love you with everything that is within me. And you are everything I need. It's amazing how many points that earned you. And it really is way better than saying, Honey, no, the dress doesn't make you fat. Your fat makes you fat. <laughs> Listen, what's, <clears throat> what's really being said and what's really being asked for is, Are you okay with me? Do you love me? Do you care about me? God's word does not lie. He says, don't lie ever. Don't you ever do it. Don't ever make an excuse for yourself that says, I need to lie. Be the truth. Who is the truth? Jesus Christ. Did Jesus lie? No. If I want to put off the old man, I got to start in that. Why does he start with lying? Because lying is the one we all, we joke about and say, oh, it's no big deal. Don't worry about it. But that's not what Revelation 22 said. It's an abomination. It's not what Proverbs 6 says. It's a big deal, but that's just how the old man is. He whispers in our ear, that dead body on my back, and he says, don't worry about it. It's just a little lie. Everybody does it. It's okay. God says no. Put off lying and put on the truth. Put off lying. Put on the truth. Be who God wants us to be. Why? Look, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Now, I want you to think about this. Think about it. What does it mean when your body lies to itself? I'll tell you, it means you have Hansen's disease. In the Bible, that's called leprosy. When your body says, ah, don't worry, that's not hot, go ahead and put your hand on it. And you burn your hand because you can't feel. can't feel your hand. Your body says it's not hurt. It's not burnt. Pretty soon fingers are falling off. Your body's dying before you. Why? Because your body's lying to itself. Stop lying to yourself. Tell the truth. Be truthful with one another. Even as Christ is true to you and I. Next, he says, what else to put away? Put away anger. He says, be angry and do not sin. By the way, be angry is a command. When's the last time somebody commanded you to be angry? That's great news. I'm so excited. I get to be angry. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You need to understand, as we take a look, what we want to understand is it means to put away aggravation and put on indignation. What is that? It's a a way of saying the anger that is directed toward the defense of or the honor of the Lord God Almighty and anger that's directed at anything else. Huh? That means if you're angry at your friend because they said something about you, you're wrong. If you're angry about someone's view of God or the sin in someone's life, that's indignation. That's okay. Be angry and do not sin. Be angry like Christ was angry. Righteous indignation. 
angry at the way they treated his father's house. They didn't hate the people. And he was in full control. So then what does this mean? If I'm going to put off the old man, I need to put away the anger that says, I need to fight for my rights. My rights. You don't have the right to say that about me or to do that to me or to charge me that or to say that or do this or the other. You don't have the right. You remember Philippians chapter 2, verse 5? It says Jesus laid down his rights. He laid down his right to be worshipped as Almighty God. He laid it down. Be angry and do not sin. Well then, I, I got to tell you, it's the Irish in me that makes me angry. I, have you heard that before? It's the Irish in me. It's the English in me. It's the Indian in me. It's the German in me. It's the, I don't care what in you. It's the flesh in you that gets angry. I have nothing to do with none of that. Let's face it. We are temperamental, right? And only 10% is temper. 90% is mental. We have to make a choice. Be angry and do not sin. So if I get angry, how do I keep it from turning to sin? He tells us, right? What? The same day you get angry, what are you supposed to do about it? Deal with it. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. We often use this in terms of married couples, but that's not the only thing. What about people that are together? What did Jesus say? If you have ought against your brother, where do you go? Go to the elders. Oh, no, we skipped some steps, huh? If you have something against your brother, where are you supposed to go? To your brother. Most people don't like to do that. I don't want to go to my brother. It's uncomfortable. So I'm going to go to this sister or that brother, and I'm going to tell them about it. They'll be on my side. That's not okay. And don't let the sun go down on your anger. When you let the sun go down on your anger, it simmers and becomes malice. And malice springs forth into wrath. It's poison for your body. Put off that anger. You want to be angry about something? Be angry about sin. Period. Be angry in the defense of God. Period. But if you're angry in the defense of yourself, it's not okay. It's not okay. Put off anger. Put off that aggravation and put on indignation. Anything that is unrighteous anger. Listen, Frederick Buchner, he's a German, struggled with anger. This is what he said. Of the seven deadly sins, anger is possibly the most fun. To lick your wounds, to smack your lips over grievances long past, to roll over your tongue the prospect of bitter confrontation still to come, to savor to the last toothsome morsel both the pain you are given and the pain you are giving back. In many ways, it's a feast fit for a king. The chief drawback is that what you are wolfing down is yourself. The skeleton at the feast is you. That's what anger does. Jesus said, if you come to the altar, we're going to have communion this morning. Jesus said, if you come to the altar and there you remember that a brother has something against you or you against a brother. He said, leave your gift at the altar and first be reconciled to your brother. First be reconciled to your sister. Make it right. That is putting on the new man. Does it come natural? Nope. 
Don't come natural for me neither. But that's how we do it. That's how we put on the new man. What else does he say? Listen, he goes on to say, let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him work with his hands what is good that he may have something to give him who has a need. So take off stealing, put on sharing. No, it didn't say let him work with his hands so that he can take care of himself. That's not what it said. It said let him work with his hands so that he can help others. Put off stealing, put on sharing. $16 million a day is stolen by employees of Walmart from the store. $16 million a day. Isn't that amazing? Let him who stole steal no longer. But let him work with his hands that which is good so that he can share with someone who has a need. That's the new man. Put off the old. Put on the new. Put off the old. Put on the new. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. Well, there's a lot of ways you can, you can define that. You're right, and they're all bad. Let no corrupt word. The word for corrupt means rotten. Rotten. Don't say nothing rotten. That means don't be obscene. Don't, don't say words you know you oughtn't to say. I'll make it easy for you. If Jesus said it, say it. If Jesus didn't, you probably shouldn't say it. Now, that's where my son starts going, but, well, Dad, Jesus spoke Aramaic. <laughs> and I say, well, the great news is then, son, I shouldn't hear nothing from you because you don't know any Aramaic. <laughs> It'll be real quiet at house. You know what I'm trying to say. Hey, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. You know, I just had to tell this person off because, you know, they just didn't treat me very well. And it's not okay to treat people like that. So I gave them a piece of my mind. That's the old man. Huh? Yeah. Clinging to your own rights. Telling somebody what you think they need to hear? The Bible's very clear. No corrupt word. Only what gives edification and grace. Yeah. When I called that guy, big old dumb fat slob, it probably didn't edify him very much. No, it didn't. You're walking in the old man. Put off corrupt words. Put on grace. Put off corrupt, put on grace. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Listen, it's important that you understand this. We're going to start wrapping things up here real quick. But listen, that word for grieve means to put to pain. That means we hurt God. When we choose to walk in the old man. We hurt him. We grieve him. We grieve him. 
God so wants a relationship with us that he binds himself to us in such a way that when we fail to be who God wants us to be, it grieves him. It causes him pain. Been much easier for him just to wash his hand of us and flush us down the toilet and say, I'm starting over. Forget it. But he loves us. So he, he brings himself into a relationship with us. He lives within us. He binds himself to us. So we don't walk the way God wants us to walk. It grieves him. To cause him pain. So let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Clamor. You guys know what clamor is? Clamor. Some people, you know, clamor, make a bunch of racket noise. Clamor. Here's what clamor is. I have no respect for justice. I maim without killing. I break hearts and ruin lives. I am cunning and malicious and gather strength with age. The more I am quoted, the more I am believed. I flourish at every level of society. My victims are helpless. They cannot protect themselves against me because I have no name and no face. To track me down is impossible. The harder you try, the more elusive I become. I am nobody's friend. Once I tarnish a reputation, it is never the same. I topple governments and ruin marriages. I ruin careers and cause sleepless nights, heartache, and indigestion. I spawn suspicion and generate grief. I make innocent people cry in their pillows. Even my name hisses. I am gossip. Biggest problem in the church. Before you may say anything about anyone, you better have talked to them. And before you hear anything that anyone has to say about someone else, you better direct them to talk to the one about whom they're speaking. Gossip kills. It's not okay. It's the old man. We're to put it off. What do we put on? To be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Put off the old man. Put on the new. We're going to do things a little bit different this morning. And I'm going to have the, the worship team come up and they're going to share a song with us prior to communion. And as they, right before they share this, I just want to share a, a story with you and invite you as a body and myself included to recognize this morning that we need repentance. If we go through this study and you say, you know what, that study just didn't have anything to do with me. You weren't listening. Get the CD. (laughs) If revival is to begin, the scripture declares, then judgment must begin in the house of God. Starts with us. Changing who we are. Putting off gossip. Putting on kindness, tenderness. Putting off anger putting on indignation, not letting the sun go down on a wrath, putting off lying and putting on the truth. 
being who Jesus calls us to be, making a choice to walk like Jesus walked. I heard an example this week of it. Pretty touching to me, anyway. Might not be to you, but there was this young man who was in college, young college guy, hippie, fat, sloppy, fat guy, ugly, not cleaning himself, not washing himself, just hideous, just hideous. Nobody would talk to him at school. He was in Princeton, pretty smart kid. Nobody talked to him. He didn't really care. I don't care. I don't need none of you people. So he lived this life of uh, isolation. One day as he nears the end of his, of his term there at school, he decides, oh, I'm going to go home and see my dad. And every once in a while he'd meet with his counselor. And his counselor would talk to him about the love of Jesus Christ. And his counselor would talk to him about turning his life over to the Lord. Because you know Princeton at one time was to raise up pastors, right? Uh, you didn't know that? Yeah, by the way. Anyway. So he's, he's, uh, he's looking, he's desiring to, to draw near. But he's like, ah, I don't know, you know, whatever. You know, it's nice to talk to you, but I don't understand. It's kind of foreign to me. So he goes home, and, and of course, when he goes home, his dad, he's a very proper gentleman, dressed nice, you know, always just right. And they're having dinner, and they have their usual confrontation. You know, hey, son, you know, might want to comb your hair, cut your hair, you know, take a bath, something. <laughs> so they had the normal confrontations, and things were typically uncomfortable, like normal. He's going home, and he says, Dad, it's time for me to go back to school. So I'll, his father says, I'll ride with you to the bus station. So he gets on that bus, and he, and he rides, and as they're riding out to the place, they, they get off at an area that's familiar to his father. In fact, a bunch of the guys his dad works with are there. And when his son gets off the bus, <clears throat> you know, at that particular time, being a hippie was not all that popular in certain areas of the world. And these guys all start shouting at him what a piece of garbage he is, what trash he is. If he was my son, you know, I would disown you. You're worthless. There's nothing good about you at all. But he got pretty good at ignoring that stuff. So he just ignored it. But he couldn't ignore what happened next. See, his dad, he came running out of the bus. And he threw his arms around his son. And he said, son, no matter what, I love you. You matter to me. You're the greatest thing in my world. I love you. And I'll never stop loving you. And I'll never be disappointed in you. I love you. My, you are my son. And everything in that man's life changed. Not necessarily so much his appearance. His grade point average was about a 4.2. That's pretty good. And he found a woman, had a family. But the most important thing is, he finally understood what the love of Christ was like. Listen, don't miss it. Everyone who walks through that door, I don't care what they look like, what they smell like, 
there ought to be a line of people wanting to hug him and say, we love you. Welcome home. This is where you belong. And that's not always our heart, is it? Sometimes we got the old man on. Before we take communion this morning and just do another traditional thing, we're going to have a call to repentance. Fritz is going to share a a worship song with us. And the call is simple. If you feel like this applies to you as it applies to me, that we can't just be who we are. We need to be something better. Then I want to invite you to stand up and come up here with me and we'll all pray together and make things right in my heart and your heart before we take communion and, and partake in the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. So Fritz is going to go ahead and, and play it and If the Spirit speaks to you, come on up. And uh, after he's done with the song, we'll pray. I will come to you and you alone Lord Jesus I need you when my heart has grown weary I will come to you When my joy has been forsaken, I will come to you.